five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about Maslow's self-actualization today. Tom Fishburn has his weekly com uh, cartoon. Uh, Maslow's, that's <laughs> funny, this one's funny. Maslow's hierarchy of how full of ourselves we are. And if you notice the way... <laughs> If you noticed the way I phrased the title of today's lesson, it was Brand Search for Meaning, which is a takeoff on Man's Search for Meaning from uh, Viktor Frankl. And uh, I'm going to include a copy of that book in this, in this show notes, and we'll get to that in a minute. So Maslow is like in every business textbook that, that you have to you have to take care of your physiological needs and then your safety needs and then your social needs and then your self-esteem needs. And then yourself, then you can get to self-actualization. And I remember my father when I was probably preteen explaining to me how it, it, it was, it was terrible that missionaries went to countries and tried to tell them about Jesus and they should have been helping them learn to farm. And there's some, there's something to that. I'm not, I'm not going to say that, that that there isn't some need for balance. Um, and yet, um, well, let's, let's go on with Fishburne, and then we'll deal with Maslow next. <laughs> okay, in last week's cartoon, I parodied some of my favorite cliches in marketing presentations, right? And it, the, it's below. We're going to get to that. Um, one of <clears throat> my other favorite used and abused slides is the ever-present framework Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Psychologist Abraham Maslow, who got his MA and his PhD from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, whoopee! I have two degrees, but they're not that big ones. <laughs> I have the two littler ones. <clears throat> Although I thought it was interesting, he got an MA, not an MS in psychology. Apparently, psychology. Anyway, um, so in 1943, he wrote a paper called The Theory of Human Motivation, where he attempted to classify the universal needs of society. And uh, his framework is shown as a pyramid with the most basic needs at the bottom and the higher level needs at the top. And my biggest issue with it is that somehow you can't get to this part, the top of the pyramid without having all those other things in place. Uh, and in, in, my, in my evangelical circles, for a long time, it was, you can't love others unless you can love yourself. When Jesus said, uh, do unto others as you would be done by, he was really saying, do unto yourself until you, you overflow with such self with such help, self-help benefits that you can finally give to others. And I think that's exactly the opposite of what Jesus was after. Uh, we all love ourselves. I can't help it. It's mainly our focus 99% of the day. Uh, so he was trying to say, get your eyes off yourself a little bit, even if all this stuff isn't met. And, and, not, and, not, and look at all the self in this thing. My word. Anyway, 
So, but how is it applied in business? Because it's been totally embraced in business, totally embraced. You know, you, you can't sell, uh, you can't sell a chocolate bar. You have to sell uh, meaning and purpose, <laughs> right? Look at M&Ms, what they're doing to themselves. <laughs> you know, I thought they would, I thought they would say, nah, we were just kidding, you know, and then they came out with the cl- what was it? Chocolate covered clams, <laughs> which I don't think I, I don't know. I think they've just lost their minds. They they, uh, you know, they they woke up the 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 M&Ms and then as a backlash, they went even crazier. Um, so I, you know, paused that being my favorite, can- one of my very favorite candies and the official candy of Miglosh Marketing, which is my consulting firm. Um I just can't understand it. And and maybe it's because of Maslow. Maybe that was what they were after. Um, but eventually his pyramid would uh, would inspire marketers like Fishburne to take a, a look at these needs and think, hey, my brand isn't just a toilet cleaner. It's an <laughs> it's an aspirational badge brand, you know, and. Uh, and we got sort of hoodwinked by a plumber. <laughs> a couple of years ago and ended up with a fancy fancy toilet a thousand dollar toilet i was out of town the toilet was making a funny smell and he said i wouldn't put that you know after he ripped it out and there's a hole in the floor and it really smelled then then he said to my wife well i wouldn't put that back in there you needed a new toilet and i think it's it's a tomi or something like that to me man that's the luggage you know and, uh, you know, it is a fine toilet. <laughs> and I was in someone else's house on Sunday, and it's a beautiful multi-million dollar house. And they didn't have that brand of toilet. And I thought, oh, man, I thought they were had their life together. <laughs> so there is something to aspirational brands, even if they're toilets. <laughs> but, oh, how come I'm not getting any comments today? <laughs> I need to, someone to save me from this. From myself. So much of the job of marketing is thinking of creative ways for brands to stand for something greater, maybe even greater than is rational. <laughs> but this can also lead to exaggerate to lead us to exaggerate the roles of our brands and the roles they play in people's lives. Right? David Nichols, brand gym founder, once described. A related phenomenon is brand ego tripping. And the link is in the article if you go over to WDMA for the show notes. You have to subscribe. It's free. Uh, but then you can download the show notes. All the show notes you want. They got my marked up little marks on everything. Overestimating the ability of a brand to stretch into two new markets. And I have had... We've tried, you know. There's the other theory that it's easier to... It's easier to sell more to an existing client than it is or customer than it is to find a new customer it's not always true it can be it can be much more easy much easier especially if your product isn't that great you know no one wants to come back for more so you're better off just finding new customers and if it isn't the big decision it isn't very expensive you know there may be some novelty to it um you know that's how fads get started that's how we all got a, pot, a pet rock back in the 70s once you had one, the bloom was off the rose. 
Okay, my favorite historic example is when Colgate, the Colgate marketing team once attempted to stretch the Colgate brand from toothpaste to ready meals with Colgate beef lasagna. I don't remember ever seeing that, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I went to work for, uh, for Lovesack, and um, their president told me that it was easier to sell more to existing customers. So they, about 80% of the little catalog that they had that they asked me to help with, about 80% of that catalog was, um, was products they didn't make. And about 20% of the catalog showed their couches and bean bags and such. And um, we did an analysis of the products and found that mm, 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 mm. some of those pages had negative margin. <laughs> that people bought it and returned it more than they bought it and kept it. And uh, especially when you took out the cost of the space. And so... 80 plus percent of the margin was coming from that 20 percent of the space that they actually made the product and most of the products that they that they featured that weren't theirs were simply uh pickup art you know lamps and pillows and such from um wayfarer and others and were priced about 25 percent higher so if you went from their catalog to an online comparison and looked for that product, you would find it all over the place. You just, and they lifted it all. They lifted the exact wording of the item description so it would pop up all over the internet with lower prices. And so it was probably actually eroding customer confidence in them rather than you know, reinforcing it. So anyway, the utility of any framework, including Maslow's hierarchy, depends on how it's used. It can be great for clarity and help expand our thinking, but we have to be careful not to breathe our own exhaust. <laughs> and here's yeah, last week's cartoon, and uh, it was just about the silly slides that could be in a marketing presentation. This one was actually very similar from 2012. Salty and crunchy, satiety, sharing, family, happiness, world peace, <clears throat> higher order benefits or concepts associated with the brand. And, you know, you do see a lot of that. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, Kevin the Carrot works for Aldi at Christmas. You know, some of it can work. It's not stupid. I mean, it's less stupid in marketing than it is in psychology, I think. And then the, the boss is eating the corn chips or somebody. I think we can go higher. <laughs> okay, and here's one of my very favorites of all time. And I promise to be loyal, forsaking all other brands, unless you're out of stock. Your, com your competitor is on sale or you're just not meeting my need states at the time. <clears throat> okay, you're not on my hierarchy. You're not helping me go up the ladder. And so uh, it was a pretty good rotary drill until... <laughs> it was a pretty good rotary drill until it started marketing itself, marketing itself as a lifestyle brand. And so now it's got cologne and home decor <laughs> t-shirts and and of course the 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 local true value hardware store beebles um sue beeble over there has a big set of displays for um oh what's the name of the chainsaw brand skill is it skill i think it is steel steel brand uh chainsaws and it's got t-shirts and hats and i actually work a little bit with the company that puts all that together as the standalone displays and things people like it it's an affinity brand 
right? It's a good chainsaw, too. Okay, so <clears throat> along with this article, which I've been a sort of a tepid, <laughs> tepid recommendation, uh, I included why Maslow's hierarchy of needs is wrong. And the basic idea, you know, first of all, he, he built his concept on 18 people. Here's his thing. 18 people, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Albert Einstein, William James, Aldous Huxley, Ludwig van Beethoven. And um, I think only Huxley was available for comment. <laughs> and so it wasn't really scientific. It was really overlaying a concept and trying to find data for it, which I think is consistent with most of marketing. We say, well, who was our customer? And then we start and, and then we start getting in a meeting and we image our customer persona. And we talk and talk and talk about how that's probably our customer. And that's not the way the world works. And that's not direct marketing. That's not data driven. It isn't. You know, it's going and finding the data that you want to justify the narrative. Well, anyway, I also am including Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I, I, I got, I was, you know, a few minutes late today. I got started reading it, rereading it again, some of his experiences in a concentration camp and how he saw that unlike this idea of self-actualization as the top, you know, where you can't be altruistic unless you've got all these needs meet, met, he saw people who's, who had been stripped of literally everything, forced to live in conditions that are unimaginable, much less... Um, much less anything on this chart, you know, below poverty, literally torture, literally living in torture uh, and filth and and humiliation and and uh, and still saw people who could give up their last piece of bread. He says early on in the in the book, the best among us did not survive. But nevertheless, they had self-actualization. And so I highly encourage you to go over to WDMA and download this. It's not long. Uh, it's 69 PDF pages. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a longer book, but um, that's cleaned up version. I looked at several versions. Okay, well, here's a, and here's a mailing list article that I'm not, you know, should I stop now? Yeah, probably. Uh, Kaim Lazar is the president of Net60 Inc. They say on their, on their uh, page that they're, and uh, uh, they're a source for um, Medicare uh, lists, and that may work for them. But this really reads like it was it was written by AI. I think it, it must have been. Um, you know, they talk about direct mail can be effective. Direct mail is targeted, uh, and then they they mention targeted mailing list, targeted mailing list, and. Uh, Every paragraph works like this. The first dem demographics. The first feature to consider when creating a targeted mailing list, there it is again, is demographics. Demographic data is like age, gender, income, education, occupation, and marital status. Almost none of these are accurate. Okay, These lists are just garbage that, that include this information. If they include this information, you have to be very suspicious about it. Because, uh, you know, when they go back and test even gender, it's it's like... The gender is 50-50, to be accurate. <laughs> There's all, it's, a, it's, it's, it's no better than a coin flip. Uh, you can't trust it. Um, but, you know, it can ensure that your mailing list is focused on individuals. You don't really buy an individual list of individuals. You buy a group, 
and that's what mailing lists are like then geographic location and then and then it restates it again another important in a, in building and creating a targeted mailing list this reads like ai so if it isn't ai then let me know i'm open to you know let me know um but you know it's targeting people who are located in areas where your business operates now if you have a pizza shop that's more important than all the demographics plus there's only so many names around your pizza shop and you can go to the u.s postal service there's a there's a uh there's a little website and i'll try to put that in the in the show notes in the links rather um and you can pick the census tracts around your uh or your pizza shop it'll tell you the demographics i'm not sure that'll help you a lot it's better to just mail around the pizza shop everybody that lives there because you don't know if, if low-income people or high-income people are going to want your pizza right mail them see what happens mail them a couple times mail them three or four times and uh see what happens and it and uh down down in the bottom it says the more targeted your mailing list the more expensive it will be nope those are basically just dirt cheap dirt cheap postage and free mailing list okay so if you're a local retailer, that's that's a, a great place to start, unless you have a great list that goes back years and years and years. Interest in behavior, very suspicious. How do you get people who are interested in sports or fitness? You know, one way would be to uh, to advertise on sports and fitness websites or magazines or articles or YouTube videos, but that won't build you a mailing list for the most part. You can get them to come to your li- your site. And then you can build a mailing list. But if you build, if you just rent a list of, of, anyway, um, like I said, it reads like, it just keeps mentioning targeting, targeted mailing list. And uh, here it is. Uh, anyway, I can't even describe this, how bad this is. But sometimes I want you to know that there's a lot of bad information out there. And that's why you tune in. You tune in to find out what's the real straight scoop. And it starts with observation, right? It starts with observation, and you let the market tell you what's really working. And that's the key to direct marketing, not just dreaming up customer personas or thinking about your brand in elevated ways. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. And thanks for the shares we've been getting. We've been getting more shares lately, and I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm not sure if you should just share it every day. It might be terrible. It might be like this article. (laughs) Take care.